Welcome to the Fully Restored Podcast. Christians often struggle to talk about areas of deep hurt like trauma or abuse, shame or betrayal. These are deep soul wounds. Friend, Christ came to not only heal us from our sin, but from our soul wounds as well. My name is Kristen Klaus and I'm a licensed professional counselor and author. And my guest and I are here to walk with you on your healing journey. We see you and hear you. Friend, if you hang with me, apply these truths to your life, you will be on your own path to a fully restored story. Grab your coffee, tea, or favorite drink, and let's get started. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Fully Restored Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about a topic many of us are struggling with this year, having a thankful heart when so much turmoil is around us. Today, I'm going to be sharing 14 ways to cultivate a grateful heart in the midst of difficult circumstances. In fact, at the end of the show, I'm going to be sharing with you some freebies, so be sure to listen until the end. Also, be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date on all of our shows, and I would so appreciate it if you would leave a review and a rating as well on whatever platform you're listening to us on, and be sure to share our podcast with your friends. So globally, 2020 has been a difficult year, and as we are close to rounding the corner of 2021, the difficulties are not going to magically disappear, although we are all praying for an end to the COVID virus. Anxiety and depression is high for so many of us, and learning to cultivate a grateful heart will help us decrease our anxiety and depression symptoms in our lives. I'm reminded of Paul in the book of Philippians. This morning, I woke up at 4.30 a.m. and I was unable to go back to sleep. I'm sure some of you have had those early morning wake-ups as well. As I quietly read my Bible, I was drawn to the book of Philippians. In fact, on and off for the last couple of months, that has been one of the books that I've gone back to the most in my reading time of God's word. See, Paul was in prison once again, and truth be told, if he didn't tell us he was in chains, I don't think I'd be able to tell through his writing as he spoke of hope and thankfulness and joy. Paul gives such a powerful example of being thankful in the middle of a mess. In Philippians 4 through 8, we read this. Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Okay, I just need to pause right there. Are we being cheerful with joyous celebration in the year 2020? Man, that cuts right to the heart, doesn't it? Here, Paul is in prison and he's saying be joyous in every season of life. Oh, goodness. Okay, back to God's word. Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let joy overflow, for you are united with the Anointed One. Let gentleness be seen in every relationship, for our Lord is ever near. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life and God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Christ Jesus. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. 
This version that I just read is a passion translation, and I love how it speaks so powerfully to the heart. Right now, we can so easily be pulled in so many different directions with fear and worry of the what ifs. Instead, Paul is reminding us to saturate ourselves in prayer with overflowing gratitude and what our thoughts should be fixed on. He says, keep your thoughts fixed on what is authentic and real. That is my heart right now. I hunger for those authentic and real conversations. How about you? In fact, I hunger for them and that's why I'm doing the podcast because we are creating a place where we can have authentic and real conversations about difficult topics. He goes on to say, beautiful and respectful. Are we being respectful to one another in our stress? Oh, there's another one that gets right to the heart of things. Pure and holy, keeping our hearts clean before God. How about merciful and kind? That is always on the forefront of my mind with so much anger and frustration on all sides. As we're praying and sharing with God all the details of our lives, His peace, which transcends our human understanding, which that means we can't explain it, but it's there. It fills us, it leads us, and it rests in us. It seems today many struggle to be overcomers, facing great difficulties and having a thankful heart at the same time and pressing on like Paul reminds us. Philippians 3.12, not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. In the Passion Translation, it says, I admit I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I love that. I run with passion into God's abundance. Friends, let's run into God's abundance for us, reaching forward, pursuing that race that God has set before us, not becoming weary. Now, hold on, friends. I'm getting to the list soon, but there are some valuable insights that we can gather from God's word about our lives today before we jump into the 14 steps to cultivate a grateful heart. So with the overwhelming struggle so many of us have faced this year, many have lost our peace and knowledge that if God is for us, who can be against us even when we have opposition? Even when we're in the middle of our greatest and hardest struggles, God is for us. With political unrest, COVID shutdowns increasing again, civil protests, financial struggles, hardship, loss of jobs, family stresses, tiredness, weariness, the fear of more shortages and more, God is with us. God is with you, my friend. Has our peace become dependent on our circumstances versus on and through God? There's a struggle to become overcomers right now, and many struggle to press in and press on instead of shutting down when hardships come. Philippians 3.14 says, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now in Genesis, Jacob wrestled for his answer to be touched by God. It was in that place, that season, that God changed his name from Jacob to Israel. The Israelites in the desert, when they were freed from Pharaoh, they started to complain and became ungrateful for their deliverance and began to bicker and be divisive because it wasn't what they thought it was going to be while they were in the desert. Does that sound like us? Does that sound like you and me? It's not time to point fingers at others 
but instead, let's search our own hearts. When Jesus was born, his life was not what the Jewish people thought it would be. How he would come did not line up with their narrative of the Messiah's coming. God has a plan. It may not feel like there is a plan. Our current lives may not line up with the narrative of what our life should be or what we think it should be. But may I reassure you, God has a plan for your life. In the middle of all you're facing today, this month, this year, hold on to the heart of gratefulness in the little things in life, in the beauty around us day to day. There is a heart change that God wants to do in us. So one more thought before we jump into our 14 ways to cultivate a grateful heart. When the Israelites were in captivity to Babylon, all the promises of hope God gave them were things that seemed so unattainable at the time. Jeremiah 29, 11, one of the most quoted scriptures, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. They were in captivity and God was giving them this scripture as hope to say, I see you where you're at. I have a plan for your life. And right now God's saying to each of us, I see where you are at and I have a plan for your life. The Valley of Dry Bones in Ezekiel 37, that was at that same time of when they were in captivity of Babylon. And in that, everything seemed dead and there seemed as if there was no way that it could be restored. And some of the situations in our lives right now seem very dead and as if they can't be restored. But I want to encourage you that God is here with you because in that scripture, Ezekiel 37, at the end, God brought them back to life and he breathed his breath of life into them and he said that he would put them in their own land. He has a place for you. He has a place for me and he is here for you. The last little thought, Ezekiel 36, the chapter just before Ezekiel 37, God says that he's going to give us a heart of flesh for a heart of stone. And this is about the heart change that God was doing in them. And may I say, it's also about the heart change that God is doing in us. It's a heart condition. So we need to focus on being grateful and giving thanks no matter what we're facing. Okay, so now on to the 14 ways to cultivate a grateful heart. Are you all ready? I am so excited to share this with you. Okay, number one, journal three things a day that you're thankful for. Do this every day for 30 days. Look for the small everyday gifts that are all around us each day. Today, I'm thinking about the blooms that are about to burst forth from my Thanksgiving cactus that is sitting on the windowsill above my sink or the beauty of the fall colors all around when I look outside or the gift of talking with my kids and granddaughters on video calls. Find the beauty, the three things a day you're thankful for. Oh, and remember, they can't be the same that you were thankful for the day before. Number two, in cultivating a grateful heart, worship. Scripture says to come into his courts with praise. Worship shifts and changes our heart. Circumstances may not change, but our mindset, our heart focus, it can change and it does change. Worship is also a powerful tool in spiritual warfare. Let's magnify God bigger than our circumstances as we worship him. All right, number three in cultivating a grateful heart. Focus on thankfulness and not on negativity. Oh, 
I know. Having a positive mindset is going to make all the difference. Focus on what we're grateful for. And when that negativity rises up within us, turn it around. Find at least one thing in that situation that you're looking at through the lens of negativity. Find at least one thing that you can be thankful for. Number four, endure difficult seasons with a thankful heart. Now, Corey Timboom is who I think of in this one. If you don't know who she is, I want to encourage you, go do your research, go get some of her books and read because she is a wealth of wisdom. She was in Nazi concentration camps because she was Jewish and she learned to be thankful in the most horrendous season time in her life. That thankfulness transformed her. And later, she was able to extend forgiveness to one of the guards in that camp after she was freed. She was actually speaking somewhere and he was in the audience and he was waiting to talk to her afterwards. And she knew she had a choice in that moment because she saw him and she knew who he was. And she made that decision to be thankful and to forgive. And may we live like she did as well and take that example. Let's endure those difficult seasons in our lives with a thankful heart. Number five in cultivating a grateful heart is celebrate with others in their victories. Taking our focus off of ourselves and celebrate others. It's not always about us. If we only focus on ourselves, we become more self-centered. Let's make a point to celebrate others this week. In fact, let's make that a point for this next year that at least once a week, we're going to celebrate somebody else. Now, when I say for this year, I don't mean for the end of 2020 because that's not very long. I mean, between now and next November, let's make a point to celebrate at least one person a week in their victories. Wouldn't that transform our thinking? Wow. Okay, number six, have a giving heart and servant hands. Give to others during this season. Give more than financial, which that is needed. So go ahead and keep giving financially if you can, but serve others, do for others, find ways to bless others. There's always someone less fortunate than us. There's always someone in need near us. Find them, bless them, and serve them. All right, number seven in our 14 ways to cultivate a grateful heart. Seven is celebrate the small blessings with equal enthusiasm as the big blessings. The small blessings gathered together become big blessings. Let's not focus on only the big things because then we're missing all the blessings that God is doing in our life on a daily basis. So once we begin to focus on all those small blessings, we are cultivating and growing a grateful heart within us. All right, number eight, be content with your life. Let's not compare ourselves to others, but instead be content with where we are right now. We live in a society that is always wanting more and more and more today, more this year. And let us be content today. Let us be content this year with what we have, with where we are, and not focus on what others have. Okay, number nine, share and show your appreciation for others. Let's remember to say thank you. I appreciate you. You're a blessing in my life. 
People need to hear these words and let's actively do this on a regular basis. Okay, number 10 in the ways to cultivate a grateful heart is to fix your eyes on Jesus and not on your circumstances. Ah, I know this is a hard one. Some of the most joyful and thankful people I know have faced some of the darkest and most difficult times as well. As they are facing great difficulty, they have fixed their eyes on Jesus and God's peace, God's thankfulness and joy comes out of them. So let's fix our eyes on Jesus and not our circumstances. Number 11, live a life rooted in God's word. Just as I shared today, God's word has the answers we need for every situation that we're facing. God's word transforms our thinking as well. Let's saturate our minds and our hearts in God's word every day. And as we do that, we are becoming rooted in God's word, rooted in God's love, and then gratefulness just begins to abound out of us. Number 12, write thank you notes. I know this is a practical one, but those thank you notes, they touch people. I can't begin to say how many thank you notes I've kept over the years. They mean so much to me and they're such an encouragement to go back and read them. And they do something in my heart when I give them to others. So let's bring back the art of handwriting thank you notes. Number 13, pray. All right. Let's not pray our opinions. Let's pray our needs, pray for others, lift others up to Jesus, and that transforms our heart. It is so hard to not pray our opinion, but friends, we need to lay our opinions down and we need to pray about the need and ask the Holy Spirit to have his way in the situations. And here's the thing, if you're struggling with someone, pray for them. Now, not your opinion, like I just said, but pray God's blessing in their lives. God's word tells us to do that. So if you're struggling with someone, pray for them. Whatever you're facing, pray. Have that two-way conversation with Jesus on a regular basis. Okay, friends, we have made it to the last one, number 14 of 14 ways to cultivate a grateful heart. As thankful hearts begin with our attitude. Oh, another hard one. We need to actively make a choice to change our attitudes, to not let negativity reign in our hearts, but instead choose today to change the attitude and to be thankful. Friends, we all know when we have a bad attitude and we all have that opportunity to rein it in or let it loose. And I just want to encourage you as I'm encouraging myself, let's rein in those bad attitudes. And as we do that, then thankfulness is being produced in our heart. Today, I encourage you to put to action these steps. Start with a couple and then add more. And as you do this, your life is going to be transformed and thankfulness, gratitude is going to sprout forth in your heart. And then it's gonna pour out onto others. May this go beyond the Thanksgiving season. Let's not just do this for a couple of weeks, but may this become a way of living for each of us. I think now more than ever, we need to be doing this because there's so much divisiveness and tension in our society right now. Okay, friends, now for the freebies. 
In the spirit of thanksgiving, I am so thankful for you, my friend, being a part of the Fully Restored podcast community. I have two freebies that you can get when you go to my website, fullyrestored.love. You can find the instructions in the show notes. That is, you go to the podcast link on my website and you'll go to this episode and you're going to find the show notes and there is going to be the instructions on how to get these freebies. The first is what we've been talking about today, 14 ways to cultivating a grateful heart. I put those into a PDF form just for you. The second freebie is I've created some gratitude journaling worksheets for you to use as you begin to put into action what we've been talking about today. I'm so excited to be giving you both of these. Today, I have loved sharing with you about cultivating a grateful heart, and I am happy we are on this journey together of doing just that. Our show notes and all the information that I shared today can be found on my website, as I mentioned, fullyrestored.love. I would love to stay connected with you, so be sure to find me on Instagram or Facebook. Both of those are at author Kristen Klaus. I pray this Thanksgiving weekend will be filled with God's peace, love, and joy. I realize it's not the holiday it's been in the past, but let's actively make a choice to cultivate gratefulness in our hearts from this day forward. And remember friends, nothing or no one is beyond restoration with Jesus.